What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Let's now ride. Time for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is going on, Dodgers fans? And thank you for listening to another episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast presented by the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Hope you're doing well out here or out there. I'm good here. This is Kevin Klein speaking. Thank you again. David Rosenthal, Jake Reiner in the house. So we got a full show as we start to just ramp up and get ready for the opening day, which is on March 30th of this year. The Dodgers play the Diamondbacks. So we got about a week left of spring training. We'll have one more big episode for you guys talking about the 2023 season, but there are a few topics to cover today. So let's start with, I guess, the most exciting news that came out Thursday afternoon. Dodgers announced James Outman will officially make the opening day roster. And if you had to chalk it up now, it looks like their position players are set. Austin Barnes, Will Smith, Freddie Freeman, Max Muncie, Miguel Rojas, Miguel Vargas, Mookie Betts, David Peralta, Chris Taylor, Trace Thompson, J.D. Martinez, and the last two going to Jason Hayward and James Outman. So, Jake, why don't I pass it over to you? What are your thoughts on that? And do you think that that is the 13? I do. And this was one of the easiest slam dunks I think the Dodgers could ever do in this situation. It is about time we see James Outman on this roster given a real shot to contribute to this team. Now, whether he starts in center field and is the starting center fielder every day, or at least against right-handed pitching, that remains to be seen. But the win to start off this road to opening day is James Outman is going to be on this roster. And he's earned it in every sense of the word. This is what we've been pounding our fists on the table for. And it's, it's great. It's a great day for him. It's a great day for the Dodgers. He continues to show not only can he handle the bat, but we saw him make a play Wednesday night where he threw a runner out at third. 
it's just a really awesome, exciting move uh, for this team. And it was one of the things that I was most looking forward to this offseason, given the fact that the Dodgers didn't make any moves to answer that hole in center field. So for me, this is a huge win, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do. You can take it to the bank that James James Outman will be starting on opening day in center field for your Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm throwing the word guarantee out there, and here's why. His stats, as we're recording right now, 295 batting average, 385 on base, two home runs, 10 RBIs. You compare that to Jason Hayward, who should be grateful he's even on the roster, batting 200 this spring. Trace Thompson batting 074. And Chris Taylor, I guess he could be starting in center field. I forgot that, you know, David Peralta is on the roster. But do we really want to give it to a 133 batting average and a near 50% strikeout rate? I don't think so. It's got to be James Outman. What do you think, David? I said it a month ago. I said when we pr- tried to, pr- someone asked us, try to predict the opening day roster. I said James Altman was going to be starting in center field. I said, I think he's going to win the job in spring training. And that's exactly what he's done in my mind. Now we know Dave Roberts is very loyal to his players. So I think Chris Taylor could possibly get the start, although he's nine for 44 in spring training. He's, he's hitting 123 in spring training, leading the team in strikeouts, which is pretty much what we saw a lot of last year from Chris Taylor. And James Alman has done absolutely nothing except kill it in every single opportunity he's been given dating back to last year. So if you're a serious organization and you're seriously competing to win this division, you go with the best players at the at the right time. And that is James Outman. So we'll see how serious the Dodgers are. And I'm not saying to, you know, just completely th- throw in the towel on Chris Taylor. But in terms of opening day, I think it would send a good message to not only James Outman, but to everybody in the Dodgers farm system that if you play well, you can get the opportunity to start and continue to play on the major league roster. So it's a no brainer for me, especially you're going to be facing a right-handed pitcher. Uh, But who knows? I'm just happy he's on the team. And Dave Roberts did say to reporters that we wouldn't have him on the roster if he's not going to play a good, a good amount. So you're going to see him quite frequently whether it's on opening day or not, we'll see the loyalty card versus Chris Taylor. I think Peralta will get the start and left. So we'll see. It's sort of like this is the spring training was the first level of competition. It was the level of competition to make the roster. And now when the season starts, that's when the second competition begins, which is for playing time. And if Chris Taylor continues to flounder like he has been this spring, it doesn't look like he's any different of a hitter than he was last season, even though he went to driveline and has been working, you know, since the Dodgers were eliminated from the playoffs. This is what we're going to see now is this other competition of who's going to get playing time because David Peralta, there's no guarantee there either. I mean, he didn't he didn't really have a, a, an incredible season last year either. So he he's also a guy that needs to earn playing time. Same with Jason Hayward. Same with Trace Thompson. So this competition is just continuing and it's just beginning. Yeah, we can predict the opening day lineup in a few days, I guess. But if I had to pick one of the other outfielders, I think David Peralta is probably the second best of all the candidates right now. Batting average isn't up there, but he has it on base in the 340s. Had a pretty impressive World Baseball Classic. He did. So I I think the question is no longer who's battling for the center field spot, but who's going to be battling for the left field spot. 
Because in my mind, that position is still wide open. And as much as they're paying Chris Taylor, you got to earn it this season. And I hope that is just the mentality because what we've seen out of him this spring has not been encouraging whatsoever. It's not like he's even been away from the team. He's been there all spring and hasn't looked like he's improved at all. So, yeah, Pitcher. I said he was nine for 45. He's actually six for 45. Look that nine upside down. Yeah. Pitchers wise, another interesting battle for the fifth spot, but I think that's a wrap. So let's get into that. Looking like Julio Arias is going to start for the Dodgers on opening day. Clayton Kershaw will be in the rotation. Noah Syndergaard, Dustin May, and with Tony Gonsolin expected to be shelved for a few weeks, I don't think this is a battle anymore. Chalk it up. That fifth spot is going to Ryan Pepio, especially after Michael Grove's outing today. His ERA is essentially in the fives now. Had a really rough outing. He couldn't even get out of the first. It's weird how in spring training you could take your pitcher out, then send him back in. Ten run first inning. That was that was a disaster. So I think that's your five right there. Bullpen, little iffy. You gotta assume Yancy Almonte will get will be in there. I think Phil Bickford will make it. Caleb Ferguson, Alex Vesia, the two lefties, Bruce Targratterall. I would assume Shelby Miller makes the opening to roster. Evan Phillips. And that leaves one spot. And I think it's going to come down to, do they want to go with Michael Grove as a picky back man or the guy who's kind of shined as a fringe signing, Wander Suero? Yeah. I like Suero. I like him a lot. And especially with, I think, Jimmy Nelson and uh, Daniel Hudson are going to start the year on the IL. So that that leaves a, another guy that you can have in that type of role. And I think, I think Suero fits that role. But I don't know if you necessarily want to carry Michael Grove on this roster because, like you guys have said, he has had a pretty bad spring. I mean, even coming into the start today, he had an ERA over four, well over four. And now it's over five or something like it it is not been a good good for him at this stage. So I would expect that maybe they'll they'll send him down to triple A and just kind of see what kind of season he has. It's going to come down to one thing. Do the Dodgers want to enter this season kind of like they did last season where they have a piggyback man? Maybe they want to ease someone like Ryan Pepio or Dustin May to start the season and have them go four innings. And then you bring out Grove and you cross your fingers and hope he can give you three or four solid innings out of the pen. I would think that maybe for the first few weeks of the season that this is something that the Dodgers might be inept to do and have it, even though Michael Grove hasn't been impressive this spring, you kind of do need a log man in your pen, especially this early in the season. But I do think Wander Suero has earned a spot. And if they don't have a spot for him now, we should see him later. But a 117 ERA over eight games, it's hard to argue against that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's hard to it's hard to have Michael Grove on this roster though with the way he with the way he's pitched. And and to be honest, he didn't really pitch that great in spot starts last season. So it it's it's a little tricky because last season, if you remember, they started with Tyler Anderson coming out of the bullpen, piggybacking with Tony Gonsolin. And even though uh, Tyler Anderson hadn't really had that great of a career up until that point. You knew he was a veteran kind of serviceable starter and you could you could rely on him to eat innings if need be. And he ended up, you know, being a shit ton better than that. Um, Michael Grove is sort of a different thing. But yeah, I, I obviously I don't I don't trust it right now, him coming out of the bullpen. But I definitely obviously could see that happening. Yeah, if, if it's up to me, I'm going with Suero. Uh, I mean. If you're going with Pepio, which they're going to go with Pepio, he's he's pitched pretty well in spring. Obviously, he's had a couple rough innings or rough moments, but he's he's definitely the guy for the fifth spot by default. Because if we're going by talent and upside and performance, it's Gavin Stone without a doubt. But we know how the Dodgers work. Pepio's a, you know, a solid player, a solid prospect, deserves a shot. So he's going to get a shot, but I, I think – Gavin Stone is right in the rearview mirror. I think Michael Grove is an emergency starter. I think he's, like I said, I think he's going to be kind of the Mitch White role where you call him up if you need a quick start, maybe get three or four innings, maybe pitch as well, maybe doesn't. But in terms of a serious rotation spot, Pepio is going to get the shot, but Gavin Stone could not be closer on his ass. He is right behind him waiting for an injury or an opportunity. And that dude pitched his complete ass off in spring training this year. Uh, 14 Just strikeouts, dominant. two walks, dominant, looked like he belonged every every pitch of every outing. He looked like he belonged in the major leagues. So in terms of the bullpen, I, I don't think it makes a lot of sense to just have Grove on there in case of a, a piggyback start with, with Pepio. I think you just let it ride with Pepio, and you can fill in the gap with relievers uh, and rely on, on the big four in the rotation to give you some length. Well, the reason I say that is because odds are one of these two guys, whether it's May, Pepe, or maybe even Syndergaard, they're going to go four or five innings. That's just ha- what the Dodgers do with their guys. And this could happen on consecutive days. So do you really want to use your four or five relievers each day? Or do you hope you're up five plus runs and then you could just turn it to a guy like Grove, close it out for you? I want to I want to throw one name out there. Andre Jackson has had a really good spring. He, and yeah, I think, so he could he could be the, the alternate. alternate. I, I think he makes more sense to carry on the roster than Grove. I think Grove is a call-up for a start kind of guy. And Andre Jackson hasn't had a ton of success starting, at least in the major league level. But I think he profiles wonderfully as a reliever. His changeup is perfect. I think he can go in and give you one, maybe two innings and shut you down, and then that's it for him. I think he he can have a, a legitimate role on this team and in the major leagues as a reliever, and I think we're going to see that this year. At least I hope so. Yeah, I definitely could see that, and I agree. And let's not act like Ryan Pepio is actually the fifth starter on this team. He might be by title, but in terms of what he's done this spring, 
he's been phenomenal. He has a two ERA. The true fifth starter right now, if we're actually going off statistics, is Noah Syndergaard. He's got a 460 ERA. So much talk about him trying to get into the 100 mile per hour velocity range. He's throwing like 90. So a lot of talk from Syndergaard, but he's still got to prove it. And the one knock on his career has always been, can he stay healthy? Well, I just think that adds to that we're going to see Gavin Stone sooner than we think. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, if, if one guy goes down or doesn't perform, let's say Syndergaard just doesn't have it. I think Gavin, you see Gavin Stone potentially in early May. You know, they're going to give these guys a little bit of room here, but he's going to make an impact this year. Oh, absolutely. And I think, I think going into this spring and certainly the talk around uh, Dodger camp was Bobby Miller and what was Bobby Miller going to do mm-hmm. this spring? And we didn't see him at all. I mean, he, they said he, he had some shoulder soreness or something. They didn't want to ramp him up. So Gavin Stone has kind of, usurped him in a way this spring with his performance i am a little disappointed though that we didn't get to see bobby miller in camp yeah for sure i agree but yeah i mean gavin stone he didn't have one appearance at all where he looked bad like i'm pretty sure he ended the spring so far with a a zero era he did and what is it (laughs) 14 strikeouts over six and two-thirds innings yeah much talk as there is with bobby miller Based off what we're seeing, Gavin Stone is without a doubt their best pitcher in the pipeline right now. So whether How about it's... Evan Phillips also just six innings, no runs, six strikeouts, just picked off right where he left off. Light light work for Evan. Yeah. Light work. Well, yeah, that's a whole nother debate over there of who's going to be the Dodgers closer. And I think you named him right there. It's just going to work itself out. I don't think closers by closer by committees end up actually lasting the entire season. Usually teams that go with that are the bad teams because they don't have a solidified closer, but more odd, more the, the odds are that Machado Soto or Tatis are going to come up in the ninth. You're going to need to have Evan Phillips face him. If it's the giants, it's probably going to be, I don't who know who their best hitter at this point is because they're Michael past. Conforto. Not Conforto. Well, Jock, Mike Yastrzemski, we'll Jock, I guess. Give me Evan Phillips against Jock Peterson. I I think that you know just like the open questions about left field and and somewhat center field, there's also that question at the back end of the bullpen, and I think that the Dodgers are going to use the first month or so of the season to kind of work out how they want to do this. Um, and I agree with Kevin. Usually, closers by closer by committee is not really what you want to have the entire season. But the good thing about Evan Phillips is that he's been thrown into literally every situation possible and there is no situation that phases him. So for the Dodgers to be able to use him in the seventh and the eighth, whenever that, you know, crucial part of the lineup or crucial part of the game is occurring, they're going to be able to use him. But I think that they're going to throw everything out there and and guys will find their roles. That's eventually what happens anyway when you don't have a closer is that guys just kind of fall into their roles and you kind of, you know, have your bullpen set. So that's another competition that I think uh, will heat up during the first month of the season. Yeah, I, I mean, Gratterall is going to get a lot of chances there. I really do. I mean, yeah. he's, the, he's the perfect closer. He's also six innings, no runs in spring. And if he can just get the contact down and increase the strikeouts, he or he stay a, healthy. Yeah, stay healthy and, and, and strike out more batters and, and limit the contact. He'd be the best closer in baseball. 
I worry about him being relied upon as the closer because, as I just said, he doesn't stay healthy. He'll be fine for a month and then disappear for two months. Then he'll come back. Daniel Hudson back soon, too. And I I thought he was going to be probably the greatest challenge to Evan Phillips for the closer role. But with the knee problems that continue to plague him, I need to see him stay healthy first and let him find his rhythm because he didn't even get to have his spring training. So let's let him find his footing first and then maybe we can talk about him getting into the closer situation because right now he's still got a long journey ahead of him. And then um, the other potential closer option is Yancy Almonte, but we haven't seen a lot of him yet either. So it is going to be a closer by committee for the first month plus no doubt about it, but these things just always end up working themselves out. So that's, what's going to make this season fun. I suppose Castillo, Jason kind of what we were just talking about, but a question from him. Rate the Dodgers starting pitching staff on a scale of zero to 10 with zero being full out. We're doomed versus 10. No worries at all. Mm. I think it's like an I'm, eight. I was going to go seven or eight. I'm going to say six. Six. I think, yeah, I, I think Arias bar, is going to be You're cold. a low bar guy. Yeah. I mean, you don't got to worry about Arias. Uh, Kershaw, when he's, Pitching is going to be fine, uh, but there's a lot of question marks. I mean, Gonsolin hurt, don't know when he's coming back, takes forever to build up. Dave Roberts is already laying the foundations like, well, yeah, it's going to be a journey for him to build up. What have you been doing? What have you been doing all offseason? How are you not just built up enough of this? You're a pitcher. Go pitch. So Kevin already mentioned the concerns with Syndergaard, Pepio. We don't, I don't know. I, I'm at a six. Uh, if you throw Gavin Stone into that, though, I would bump it up to a seven or an eight. I'm at a seven because the bullpen is so good. But the reason I'm at a seven and not an eight is kind of what David was saying, is that the the, the starting rotation is kind of shaky. You know, there, there are a lot of question marks. Outside of Urias, all of the rest of them are injury prone. I mean, minus Pepio, but, you know, throwing Gonsal into, into that mix, but... The bullpen, I the bullpen, I would say, is a nine or a ten if you just isolate them. Yeah, and and the one guy I didn't mention is Dustin May, who I think is going to have an All Star season. So I'm more I'm more so concerned about the four and five spots really in the rotation. If they're healthy, I mean that's that's the big question. Yeah, I mean if Dustin May could stay healthy, I honestly feel like he might have the best season of all these guys. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm a little, I'm a little concerned with the health of Kershaw. Just every year he's going to miss a month. It's almost a guarantee. And then Tony Gonsolin, it's not like he's not built up. It's that he hurt his ankle, and apparently he's having the worst ankle injury of all time. That's going to keep him out for another month. I don't know what happened there. I mean, LeBron James is going to come back before him at this rate. So it's always something, man. It's I don't get it. And then when he's better, it's he needs a month to build up. So pitch the yeah. damn ball. But yeah, it's it's exciting. The Dodgers have options, it feels like. So if someone else does go down, there are some youngsters in the rotation and not Jordan Yamamoto because he retired two weeks into spring training, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that that's going to we'll, we'll bookmark that for the end of the year. Worst host taker, whatever. What, what I don't know. I forget what we call it, but <laughs> but that was that was a huge fat L. <laughs> Your guy. Yamamoto. <laughs> <laughs> not only did he not make the team, he fucking retired. What the <laughs> hell? It's just it's over. He was just like, you know what? It's over. 
Oh my god. Let's take a quick break right here to talk about the proud sponsor of the Incline Dodgers podcast, Tick Pick. Opening day is literally a week away, and what better place to get the most competitive tickets out there on the market for the best pricing that is than Tick Pick. You download the app, look up the price for the tickets that you want to purchase, the Dodgers I hope. No service fees at checkout, so that's the final price you're going to pay over at Tick Pick. It's not just Dodgers. You can go see your favorite team wherever that team may be located, as well as your favorite concert, your favorite NBA team, NHL team. The playoffs are nearly here for both the Stanley Cup and basketball. So all you got to do is download the TickPick app, go see your favorite team, concert, musician, and no service fees at checkout. It's that simple. Talk some World Baseball Classic, changing subjects for a few minutes. USA is the silver medal. They lost to Japan, who had the, the best run in the entire tournament. They did. In this case, the better team did win, as much as it pains me to say as a fellow Patriot. Japan, no, it didn't. Of course it... Wait, what? They were You're the best team. Japan was not better than the United States team. Of course they were. They had in the no, best In pitching. no universe were they better. Well, they played head-to-head and won, so apparently it's in this universe, bro. Well, that happens. <laughs> anybody can beat anybody head-to-head one time. I don't think that's true. Of, of course it is. Are you going just based on the the, the talent, like yes, on paper? Talent. Japan beat Mexico. Mexico beat the U.S. Japan well, then I mean, beat come the on. U.S. What, what do we have, Brady Singer pitching? Like, what are we doing? I, I, if the United States played Mexico again, I think that would be a different result. I don't know. That was a tightly contested game, too. But the point is, Japan had the best pitching staff. And where I was going with it was that there were a lot of question marks with the U.S. pitching staff entering this entire tournament. Turns out it wasn't actually the issue. It was hitting with freaking runners in scoring position, just like my Dodgers nightmares season <laughs> after season. What do we have? An Ofer, like Ofer 6, Ofer 7. Mookie Betts had a fine game until the ninth inning. He grounded into a costly double play. Oh. Mike, Mike Trout went one for five with three strikeouts. Paul Goldschmidt was my, he might as well have been AJ Pollock. He went 0 for four with two strikeouts. Just no answer. Kyle Schwarber had a home run off you, Darvish. Um, I forget the other run because I'm so fired Trey up. Trey Turner. Right yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to get into him later. Yes. Yeah. So Trey Turner went deep. But yeah, Otani came in, closed it out, struck out Mike Trout. People hyping it up like this is the greatest at-bat of all time. I mean, it was cool, but it wasn't that awesome. Otani went on to win the MVP. You Wait a minute. Came. How do you not? Wait, why don't you think it was that awesome? It was Just pretty because awesome. because of the result? No, because of... Because no, of, I'm, I'm asking him. It oh, wasn't okay. awesome just because of the result or what? Like, the the narrative was awesome, but like the at-bat itself wasn't really that great. It was like... It was a three and two. It was three two. Otani had... Every pitch was pretty much perfect. He he I don't think he, he challenged he challenged Trout with two fastballs right down the middle at a hundred plus miles an hour, and he couldn't touch it. And the the slider to and the three two slider. I mean, who's the who's corner? touching that? Who's but touching it wasn't, that? Nobody. It wasn't the greatest at battle of all time, which is what some people were, were deeming it. No, you're not. You're you're looking at it in a vacuum. You're, you've got to look at it in the totality of what we were witnessing, which was a one the the so-called greatest player in Major League Baseball, Mike Trout, 
being taken out by now what people are considering the new greatest player in Major League Baseball and the world, Shohei Otani, who, by the way, was the DH the entire game and then trotted out to the bullpen to warm up and strike out one of the best hitters we've ever seen. That's what yeah. you have to look at. Well, yeah. Yeah. So that is why Otani was the well-deserved MVP because of what uh, everything he did. I think did. that Yoshida guy got snubbed, honestly. I looked at the stats. Otani batted like 430 or something with a crazy on base. Uh, and right. and and he, he was electric uh, on the mound. Yeah. He did it all. Like that might have been the best World Baseball Classic tournament performance ever. It was the best World Baseball Classic ever. Yeah, for sure. That I, can too. we talk about that? Can we talk about that for a second? Like that Go ahead. was so that was so great. As a baseball fan, this is everything you ever wanted in a tournament. Almost. You have you have well, I mean, I want our other, best pitchers to pitch. Yes, there yes, we can get into that. But I'm saying in terms of the viewership, that last game, they're saying that it was the most viewed baseball game ever. I mean, constantly you had just, especially like, uh, you know, outside the United States, you had viewership just through the roof. The pe- millions and millions and millions of people were tuning in for the pool, the group round for every single round. The I was I was at a number of the games. Kevin was too in Arizona at Chase Field. That place was rocking, and the Diamondbacks haven't haven't felt that since two thousand one. But this was even this was even bigger than that. I mean, the Mexico United States game where the where they just boat raced us and and killed us. Why were we starting Nick Martinez? I don't know. <laughs> then but, sent his ass home. Yeah, and 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 left Brady Singer out there to die and Daniel yeah. Bard out to die. Whatever. But the it was one of the most electric crowds I've ever been a part of, and that's what baseball should be about. That's what the, this is. This is exactly what baseball wanted. What Major League Baseball wanted was this kind of attention in a game in freaking March. The, the, this was the greatest World Baseball Classic ever. I'm so happy about how it went and how it was perceived and how everybody was talking about it. And it can only go up from here. I think they do need to make some tweaks like, you know, maybe having the USA have its best pitchers there. I mean, there were just too many restrictions on the players. And I understand, you know, major league clubs are worried about their players and all of that. But you you, you want you you have the, the basically the most stacked lineup USA has ever had. But the pitching was just so bad that, well, it wasn't it wasn't so bad, but it but it could have been a lot better. Yeah, and what I want to say is like, why don't they have like the top pitching prospects pitching it? If you're not going to send, you know, Shane Bieber and Shane McClanahan and and Zach Wheeler and Nola and Burns and all these guys, why don't you call up the top pitching prospects and have that be their spring training? Why not? Gavin That's Stone good idea. could pitch for Team USA. I'll tell you that much. Yep. Would you rather watch Gavin Stone? What, who do you think would have better results, Brady Singer or Gavin Stone? I know my answer. Yeah. Yeah, but that was weird with Brady Singer. I don't know why he was on the roster to begin with. But... Well, it's because a lot of guys had to had to bail out. Uh, Nestor Cortez tweaked something. Uh, somebody else, uh, Logan Webb. Shot. Logan Webb was going to be our ace. But shout out to Lance Lynn, by the way. Oh, what a baller. Yeah. He was we great. Love him on the Dodgers. Also, the back end of the USA bullpen was unbelievable. David yeah. Bednar, Williams. Devin Williams. 
uh, and, uh Presley. Presley. Mm-hmm. Underrated Presley is, I think. He is he's like, really good. A lot of people are not really talking about him that much yeah, out, outside he's on of the Houston. Astros. Well, yeah, but he's an insanely good. He's so solid as a closer. So solid. I was sure impressed that- with Mexico's run, though. I wasn't expecting yeah. them to get that far. They 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 played with a lot of heart, and I, I respect the shit out of that team for that run. Well, what, and also for beating known terrorist Marcus Stroman, sending his <laughs> ass home. Thank you, my Mexican brothers and sisters. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Yes, and you know, with Rand- the whole story of Randy Rosarena becoming a Mexican citizen yeah. to play for them, that, that was electric. So cool. He's so I love cool. Him. He was, I was there, he was signing autographs during a pitching change in the outfield. I mean, yeah. just so cool. And like Joey Manessis, that guy's a monster. Um, uh, you know, the, the Mexico had a, had a really great run. Unfortunately, well. what about Sandoval was great. Well, hold on. Uh, Sandoval was great. Julio Rios, not so much, uh, but he always kind of has a slow start to begin the year anyway. Um, but yeah, Trey Turner. Trey Let's Turner go. was the World Baseball Classic hero for the Americans. If if uh, the World Baseball Classic was played in October, I don't know how he would have done. But apparently he's Mr. March because that grand slam against Silvino Broncho was, as he said, the biggest moment of his career. And this guy won a World Series. Yeah. And that game against Venezuela was the best game for USA. Yeah. Just for sure. the best. I mean, the fact that they got down, they came back. The the trade the Trey Turner Grand Slam. Oh my God. What a moment for him. What a it was an incredible moment. Um, one of the worst pitches I've ever seen thrown. Oh, 2 right down the middle. Ever. O2 hanging slider, middle aorta of the plate, <laughs> 87 miles an hour, just on a platter. On a silver platter. One of the worst pitches I've ever seen thrown in any level of any sport. Yes. Yes, it was. Um, it, it's, it was crazy how the how Team USA kind of kicked it in high gear after getting bitch slapped by Mexico. They they just elevated their game when they got out of the group, the group round. It was like they turned it up a notch. And that was great to see because Trey Turner in the group stage was not so great. Yeah, he had a home run. But his defense was bad. He and got benched. After, and yeah, he got benched for Tim Anderson. And then in the group round when he kind of got reinserted, I think like uh, it was the last game against Columbia, he got reinserted in the lineup. And from that point on, he was solid as ever at shortstop and just was hotter than, you know, Mars. Hotter than Mars. I think Mars is pretty cold. I yeah, say, I, I meant to say Mercury. Mercury. Yeah, or the sun. May let's go with the sun. The sun's pretty hot from what I hear. Go the wrong way in this uh, orbit. Yeah, Nick Martinez is more like Mars. Yeah, he's, he's Mars in October. I, you know, I, I, I only took astrology one hundred and one, so or astronomy. Right. There yeah, we go. You're, you're just, you're just taking you're, L's. I would just, I would just quit while you're behind. Honestly. Yeah, this is my last podcast, guys. <laughs> On space, yes, right. it should be. <laughs> We only got a few more minutes. Let's answer one more question coming from Catch the Blues. Predict the Dodgers' record over the first 50 games. I'll go 30 and 20. 30 and 20. I'll go 500. I don't think they're going to start off too hot. Um, Like 500 even? Yep. Like 25 and 25? Yep. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, 
I'm going to go 40 and 10. What, what the hell? Yeah, they're going to start out hot. You'll see. That's not, good hot. For, that's not good for the second half. <laughs> Why not? Build I mean, if you can get to 30 games above 500, I don't think it's a bad thing. No, they're going to be hotter than Mars. They will. I, I would hope so. Book it right now. The Dodgers are winning 120 games, I guess. Okay, I know, I know, we're like almost done talking about the World Baseball Classic, but I, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up. Can we talk about just for one, just humor me for sixty seconds? Ben Verlander is the biggest loser ever, <laughs> literally ever. And I know I've talked about him like four times, but that one tweet where someone like filmed his reaction to Japan beating Mexico, and he captioned it like "Must watch my reaction to Japan winning." It's just like I can't do it anymore. I'm at the point where like I think I have to block him. I think I just have to not see his content. I can't take it anymore. It's driving me literally insane how much of a dweeb this guy is. Yeah, he's a big That's wiener. Why there's like, a mute it, button? No, I don't think mute is serious enough. I, I think I need to block him. It's just so it, the whole thing is self indulgent. The whole thing, and 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 that documentary that they aired before. <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> I didn't so watch bad. it, but I couldn't. Uh, I just can't take it anymore. Somebody's got to stop him. Somebody's got it. Why are we just letting this happen? All right, Dave, you're new to this. We're going to cover this in one minute. This week, we're doing 2010 Dodgers prospects. Hit or miss. Alan Webster. Who? Who the hell is that? I think they traded him in that Red Sox trade, but could be wrong. But he was a miss. Uh, yeah. We covered Yvonne DeJesus last week. Miss. Here's a guy I never heard of. Garrett Gold. Nope. Never heard of him. Number seven, Andrew Lambeau. We talked about him as a miss. Third year in a row, Scott Elbert in the top 10. We gave him an okay. Josh Lindblom, Lindblom talked about him last week. He, he was a miss. Number four, never heard of Aaron Miller. Sounds like a football player. Huge miss. Number three, Ethan Martin. Definitely a miss. Number two, Chris Withrow. Huge bust. And number one, D. Gordon was the Dodgers' top prospect in the year 2010. He was good for a minute. Yeah, he was a hit for sure. He was good. So two out of the ten prospects panned out for the Dodgers in the year 2010. Any final thoughts? You got any favorite planets, Jake? Pluto. Is that still a planet? I said that on purpose. Oh, okay. Um, I feel like they've waffled no, and gone back and forth with that. Dwarf dwarf planet. Yeah. Yeah, I need to get you some space to, I'll send you some space documentaries. You need to you need to tighten this up. No, I'm good. Come on, dude. It's the final frontier. <laughs> I'm final. not making any more fucking space right, well, references. <laughs> if we were gonna talk about space, we should just talk about space jam, because this is a waste of time. What are you? How is talking about space a waste of time? Because he doesn't even know what where the planets are organized. Well, I think he's figured it out at this point. Yeah, um, I'm a waste of space, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Final thoughts are that the Dodgers are very close to finalizing their opening day roster. Hopefully, everyone can stay healthy. Seems like someone's getting hurt in different camps every day. So we had our blow already. So that's it. I hope and. I'm excited. This is going to be a great 2023 season for the Dodgers. A lot of youth movement. Two rookies potentially starting on opening day with Miguel Vargas and James Outman. So 
The youth movement is here. The kids are finally playing. And your Los Angeles Dodgers are one week away, literally one week away from playing the Arizona Diamondbacks here at Dodger Stadium with probably Julio Urias on the mound. So next week, we'll do a full 2023 Dodgers season preview. We'll drop all our bold takes. We'll talk about the division winners, throw out all the predictions. You name it. That's the big one. Then we'll review it, see what we got right, what we got wrong. So do yourselves a favor. Subscribe to the Incline Dodgers wherever you listen or watch us on YouTube. Follow us on social media. And on that note, David, Jake, any final words you want to throw out there? Just disregard my final five minutes of this podcast. Just just <laughs> listen to the first the first bit. Well, that does uh, nobody, anybody, any good. Does me some I'm good. good. I'm good. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great week. Have a great weekend and go Dodgers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.